It was September 30th, 1955. The day was creeping towards evening. A brand new Porsche 550 Spider convertible was speeding down the highway, heading to Salinas, California, where it was supposed to be entered in its first race. The Porsche 550 was a two-door sports car produced from 1953 until 1956. Only 90 of these cars were ever made. They were built for speed. Each one was designed and customized to be raced. This one in particular was customized with the number 130 on the doors, the hood, and the rear deck lid and had the name Little Bastard painted on the tail. It was silver, brand new, and had been purchased only nine days before. This car was destined for fame, or rather, infamy. The driver was one of Hollywood's young rising stars, a handsome 24-year-old from Marion, Indiana, who liked to drive fast and read and reread the authentic life of Billy the Kid. James Dean was about to die. Another driver, a 23-year-old California Polytechnic State University student and Navy vet Donald Turnspeed, was making a turn at an intersection when the two cars collided nearly head-on. James Dean was killed, the other driver walked away with minor injuries. Dean's car, Little Bastard, was declared a total loss and sent to a salvage yard. However, it wasn't long before another racer bought the wreckage, and after the events that followed, ignited a legend. Some believe this car, or what's left of it, is cursed. I'm not one for curses. I will admit my bias now from the get-go and tell you that although this Porsche has made its way into legend, I don't personally believe it's cursed. But there has been an awful lot of tragedy surrounding this car, and it is an iconic artifact of Hollywood history. So let's examine that history and find out exactly why the events before and after the death of James Dean have come to be known as the Curse of Little Bastard. I'm your host, Kristen Robine Terpstra, and this is the History Cache. Let's have a look inside. James Dean is one of Hollywood's most recognizable legends. Nearly 70 years after his death, most of us would still be able to pick him out of a lineup. But during his lifetime, only one film starring Dean was ever released. That was East of Eden, the film adaptation of John Steinbeck's novel, for which he would receive a posthumous Oscar nomination. He did star in two other films, which were both released after his death. Those were Rebel Without a Cause, which was hugely popular with teenagers, in which he played Jim Stark, a rebellious social outcast. And the film Giant, in which he played Jet Rink, 
a gruff and dejected Texas ranch hand who winds up making millions after finding an oil well on his property. For Giant, which was released the year after his death, he received a posthumous Academy Award nomination. Before starring in these three movies, he paid his dues with walk-on parts, minor television roles, a Pepsi commercial, even a couple minor parts on Broadway. He studied at the Actors Studio in New York, where he studied method acting under Lee Strasberg. Here, he learned how to engross himself emotionally in his roles by identifying with and experiencing his character's emotions and motivations in as real a way as possible. According to actor, writer, and director Lauren Anthony, method acting is a full immersion sort of way to approach a role, one in which the actor tries not so much to play a character as to become a character by losing themselves completely in the role. There are critics of method acting who say there can be negative psychological effects for actors when they don't successfully compartmentalize their own feelings from that of the character they're playing. Some method actors have also been described as difficult to work with while on set, and James Dean himself was reported to have been hard to work with at times. The name Little Bastard is even said to have come from some tension that flared on the set of East of Eden. Two friends of Dean's, Lou Bracker and Phil Stern, are reported to have said that Jack Warner, president of Warner Brothers, referred to Dean as Little Bastard while he was filming East of Eden because he was difficult to work with. Warner had banned Dean from racing while he was filming, and in an act of rebellious defiance, Dean had the name Little Bastard painted proudly on the tail of his brand new shiny Porsche Spider 550. However, there is another friendlier origin story for the nickname. It's also reported that Dean's friend and stunt driver Bill Hickman gave him the nickname Little Bastard, and he in return called Hickman Big Bastard. While Dean may have been difficult at times on set, his results on screen were exceptional. He was a good actor. If his life hadn't been cut so tragically short, it is possible his career could have been a long and successful one. But he really loved fast cars, and he loved racing them. According to biography, his first car was a used 1939 Chevy. But in 1955, the rising star bought himself a brand new Porsche 356 Super Speedster, and he was itching to race it. By the way, if you're wondering why I'm pronouncing it Porsche and not Porsche, it's because Porsche apparently got tired of people saying Porsche, so they made a video telling all of us that we should be pronouncing it Porsche. Although I feel like I'm still somehow butchering it, because the robot slash maybe actual person in the video still sounds classier than I do. Porsche. 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 That's one classy robot slash person. In March 1955, at the Palm Springs Road Races in California, Dean won the preliminary race and qualified for the finals, where he finished third, then was bumped up to second after the second placeholder was disqualified on a technicality. In May 1955, at Minter Field in Bakersfield, California, he won third place in the main event and took first in his class. 
The Santa Barbara road races, which took place on Memorial Day in 1955, were a mixed bag. This was a two-day race event set to be held on the 28th and the 29th. Dean couldn't make it on the 28th because he was busy filming Giant at the time. He did make it on the 29th and had even managed to speed his way up to fourth place when his Porsche Speedster blew a piston on the fifth lap. That meant he couldn't complete the race and ended up being catalogued as a DNF, or a did not finish. Perhaps it was then he decided to trade in his Porsche Speedster for a new car. The Porsche 550 Spider, we all know as Little Bastard. On September 30th, 1955, James Dean was driving that new Porsche to its first race, which was set to take place in Salinas, California. It's almost impossible not to think about how something tragic could have been avoided. Just a few seconds either way, and James Dean could be a 91-year-old man today instead of another young talent lost too soon. But dwelling on the what-ifs and the if-I-only-hads can never change the outcome of something we didn't have the foresight to see. For one man, the regret and feeling of guilt surrounding this accident would follow him for the rest of his life. James Dean wasn't driving alone that day. He was riding with his mechanic, a man named Rolf Wuthrich. The plan had originally been to tow Little Bastard on a trailer to Salinas. But Wuthrich suggested to Dean that he should drive the Spider to the race instead, in order to get a feel for the new car. During the accident, Wuthrich was thrown from the vehicle and suffered severe injuries, but survived. Wuthrich received hate mail from Dean's fans, and the feelings of guilt never seemed to leave him. He tried committing suicide twice in the 1960s, he stabbed his wife 14 times in a failed murder-suicide attempt, and eventually died in a drunk driving accident in 1981 at the age of 53. But Wuthrich's suggestion for Dean to drive the car was not the only factor that could have changed the outcome of this story. They stopped for coffee and donuts, stopped for gas, anything could have delayed them a few minutes in either of those places. Dean was pulled over for speeding at 3.30 p.m. just south of Bakersfield for driving 65 in a 55-mile-per-hour zone. That definitely would have taken some time. After that, Dean stopped at Blackwell's Corner for an apple and a Coke. This would be his last meal. Because around a half hour after that, the Porsche Spider crashed almost head-on with 23-year-old Donald Turnspeed's Ford Tudor. Wuthrich said Dean saw turn speed and then uttered his last words, which, according to Wuthrich, were, That guy's gotta stop. He'll see us. Some believe this is conjecture, as Wuthrich later reported he couldn't recall any of the moments leading up to the crash. James Dean suffered a broken neck, as well as several other traumatic injuries, and was pronounced dead upon arrival at the hospital. Turnspeed, who walked away with only minor injuries, said he didn't see James Dean's spider until he had already turned left. After an official inquest, the final verdict was that James Dean's death was an accidental death with no criminal intent, 
No charges were pressed on turn speed, and turn speed kept a low profile in regards to the crash, declining interviews for the rest of his life. He died from lung cancer in 1995. Before James Dean died, about a week before, something interesting happened. Actor Alec Guinness was in Hollywood for the first time. He had some incredible roles during his career, perhaps the most famous being the portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars trilogy. Sir Guinness was trying to find a place to have dinner one night in 1955, and he was having a difficult time doing so because the woman he was with was wearing pants in the 1950s, and no one wanted to let her in to any of the nice restaurants. Eventually, he ran into James Dean. Dean invited Alec to have dinner with him. According to Guinness, this was right after Dean had purchased Little Bastard. He hadn't even been inside of the car yet. When Guinness saw the car, he got a strange feeling and gave Dean a warning. I wanted so much to share the actual audio from the 1977 BBC interview where Guinness recalls this day. I wrote to the BBC, and they wrote me back, redirecting me to a different department. I wrote to them and received no reply, at least not as of this recording. And I'm scared of accidentally infringing on copyright laws, so instead, you won't be getting the awe-inspiring voice of a Jedi, but will have to hear me just read to you what he said in his interview. You can also look this up on YouTube, because it's all over the place there. So this is what Sergin has said about that day. Word for word, he said, quote, He said, My name's James Dean. Will you come and join me? So I said, Yes, that's very kind of you. And then going back into the restaurant, he said, Now before we go in, I must show you something. I've just got a new car. And there in the courtyard of this little restaurant was a, I don't know what the car was, some little silver, very smart thing all done up in cellophane with a bunch of roses tied to its bonnet. And I said, how fast can you drive it? And he said, oh, I can do 150 in it. And I said, have you driven it? And he said, no, I've never been in it at all. And some strange thing came over me, some almost different voice. And I said, look, I won't join your table unless you want me to, but I must say something. Please do not get into that car. Because if you do, and I looked at my watch, and I said, if you get into that car at all, it's now Thursday, whatever the date was, 10 o'clock at night, and by 10 o'clock at night next Thursday, you'll be dead if you get into that car. At this point in the interview, Guinness mumbles something that sounds like, I don't know, nonsense. And then he goes on to say, So we had dinner, we had a charming dinner, and he was dead the following Thursday afternoon in that car. If this really did happen, the way Sir Guinness remembered it happening, then Obi-Wan Kenobi having a premonition about James Dean's death and his car shortly before the crash is pretty funky. Although September 30th, the day James Dean died, was a Friday, not a Thursday. And we know James Dean had the car for nine days before he wrecked it, not a week. But still, that's pretty Jedi. The wreckage of Little Bastard was salvaged. Some believe it's cursed because there are numerous accounts of bad things happening to people who handled it or got too close to it. 
The majority of those accounts are unverifiable and come from unreliable sources. But there are a few incidents, three specifically, that we know did occur. So now, let's explore the legacy of Little Bastard itself and find out what catapulted this car from Hollywood history into infamy. We're on someone else's podcast. Let's not intrude too much. You've got 30 seconds to tell this wonderful listenership about the conference. Shoot. Oh, okay. Uh, Intelligent Speech is back. Again, it's a conference that brings together your favorite educational podcasters with their fans in an intense one-day online extravaganza. It's all happening online on June 25th, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Between the three keynotes and the 42 individual sessions and roundtables, it's a three-ring circus of online content. Wow, what are they going to be speaking about? Our theme this year is crossings of one form or another. Very arty, very chic. Amazing. Where can people get tickets? Intelligent Speech Conference, all one word, dot com. And tickets are $30, but if you act now, you will get the early bird special of $20. And if you use this show's promo code, which hopefully the host will shortly provide, you will save an additional 10%. Wow! Cue rousing music. This year, due to scheduling conflicts, I won't be able to present at the Intelligent Speech Conference. But you can still use the promo code CASH, that's C-A-C-H-E, for an extra 10% off tickets. It's going to be an incredible event with some truly exceptional podcasters. So if you want to feed your brain and dive into some engaging content, don't miss out on the 2022 Intelligent Speech Conference. Now, back to the show. now the star of our picture, ladies and gentlemen, James Dean. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Gig. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giant. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest miles an hour. Clocked at around about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or two. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Bakersfield. Jimmy, we probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? Good point. I uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and uh, now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious. Because you know, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and... Ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous. 
But I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway. Well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might save might be mine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was James Dean in a public service announcement used to promote safe driving habits, specifically for young people. It was originally a video, and it's all over YouTube if you want to see it for yourself. It's eerie to watch, especially since it was filmed less than two weeks before Dean was killed on the highway. After the crash, Dean's Porsche was declared a total loss, and from the surviving photos, it's easy to see why. Cars made in the 1950s were much less safe than cars made today. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the average vehicle on the road in 2012 had a 56% lower fatality risk for its occupants than the average car in 1960, and that was 10 years ago. In 1960, the annual per-year number of lives saved from vehicle safety developments was 115 in the U.S. 115! In 2012, it was 27,621. It's estimated safety technology improvements have saved over 600,000 lives between 1960 and 2012 in the U.S. alone. The car James Dean was driving in 1955 looked great and could go fast for its day, but it was basically an aluminum can on four wheels with no roof. The car itself was first sent to a salvage yard in Burbank. According to an article from MSN, from here it was purchased by another car racing driver named William Eshrick, who bought it for parts. He reportedly put the engine into a Lotus 9 and sold some suspension parts and the transaxle to another racer, Troy Lee McHenry, who wanted some spare parts for his own Porsche 550. Both men entered in the Pomona sports car races a year after James Dean's death, and they both were driving cars using parts that had been salvaged from Little Bastard. In that race, Eshrick crashed his Lotus 9, but survived. In that same race, McHenry crashed during the first lap, and was killed. Some point to this race as being the place where the Curse of Little Bastard lore started to gain some traction. There is a rumor that the legend started before this, pretty much right after the accident, when Little Bastard supposedly rolled off the back of a truck and crushed the legs of a mechanic standing nearby but I could not find any reliable evidence whatsoever proving that really happened. Some say the mechanic leg crushing incident happened later, after Little Bastard was in the hands of its new owner, a man named George Barris, who originally said he wanted to rebuild it. After the incident at the Pomona races, Eshrick sold the mangled body and chassis to Barris, who is famous for being the designer of the original 1966 Batmobile. When it was obvious the spider was beyond recovery, Barris decided to loan it out to the Los Angeles chapter of the National Safety Council for a local car show, where it was displayed as James Dean's last sports car, with a poster describing how accidents can be avoided. From 1957 to 1960, 
Little Bastard was taken all over the place and displayed at theaters, car shows, and even bowling alleys. During that time, strange things were said to have happened, which increased the hype surrounding the alleged curse. In 1959, while in storage in Fresno, Little Bastard is said to have mysteriously caught fire. Not much damage was done to the car, save for some minor paint and tire damage, and the fire didn't spread to any other storage areas. Barris said he sold two of the car's tires, which allegedly blew up at the same time, causing their new owner to careen off the road, but suffer no injuries. Once, the car is said to have fallen off its display and killed a truck driver that was hired to transport the vehicle to a road safety expo. However, a different account says the truck driver was killed when the car was being driven to a road safety expo when the truck Little Bastard was on skidded and crashed. Most of these claims are not verifiable, and many have speculated that over the years accounts have been exaggerated, misremembered, or even fabricated in order to keep the cursed legend going. The only verifiable accounts are the first two crashes that occurred during that one race a year after Dean's death, when the drivers were using parts repurposed from Little Bastard in their own cars. We do know that on that day, William Eshrick crashed and Troy Lee McHenry was killed. That is verifiable. The small fire that took place in the Fresno storage garage also appears to have really happened, though accounts saying the entire garage burned to ashes are exaggerated and untrue. We also have Sir Alec Guinness's account of his warning to James Dean before his death. Every other account surrounding the curse of Little Bastard is, to date, unverifiable. There is one more thing we know for sure, and that is that in 1960, Little Bastard disappeared. Barris said the spider had been placed on a locked semi-trailer in Florida, where it had been part of an exhibition. After it arrived in California a few days later, Barris opened the doors to the trailer, and Little Bastard was gone, never to be seen again. There are two main theories as to what happened to it. One, it was stolen. This is an extremely possible scenario. James Dean was a star, and after his death, he became legendary. The car he was driving when he was killed would be a tempting target for thieves. Two, according to Porsche historian, author, racer, and all-around expert on James Dean, Lee Raskin, it's possible that Barris himself either scrapped it or stowed it away, fabricating the disappearance. But why would he do that? According to Raskin, the profits from towing James Dean's car around the country were wearing thin, as the novelty was waning. Raskin believes Barris began fabricating and then inflating stories about a curse to garner more attention. In fact, many of the unverifiable stories surrounding the curse of Little Bastard come from a book written by Barris, called Cars of the Stars. Raskin believes that when Barris bought the car from Eshrick, he only purchased the shell, which was severely mangled. He had to weld aluminum over the most damaged areas, a quick fix that was never meant to last. By 1960, it was falling apart, and easier to have it disappear then fix it. Barris passed away in 2015. So far, no evidence that I could find anyway has conclusively linked him to the disappearance of Little Bastard. And the famous Porsche 550 Spider remains missing.
In 2005, the Volo Auto Museum offered a $1 million reward to anyone who could bring them Little Bastard. In 2014, they were contacted by a man who said that when he was six years old, his father and some others put the car behind a false wall, somewhere in Whatcom County, Washington. The man said he would reveal where the building was after he signed a deal for a portion of the reward. The museum said it would only pay the reward if it got legal possession of the car. You can probably already guess this claim went nowhere. Even original photos of the accident sell for thousands of dollars. In 2019, six original photos of the crash sold at auction for $22,499 at RR Auction House. In 2021, four more photos of the crash sold for another $25,000. Although the body and chassis of Little Bastard remains missing, other pieces of it are still in private collections, and sometimes those pop up. Last year, in 2021, the transaxle of Little Bastard was found in a sealed wooden crate in Massachusetts and put up for auction. How did it get there? According to an article from SF Gate, after McHenry died in the Pomona races a year after Dean's death, his wife sold the transaxle to a Porsche enthusiast who stored it under his porch for a decade. After that, it changed hands in the 90s to another Porsche collector who stored it in a wooden crate in Massachusetts, then made a killing off it. And it really is the transaxle of Little Bastard, verified by Porsche. It definitely came from chassis number 550-0055, which was the number of James Dean's car. This one piece of James Dean's car sold for $382,000. You can buy a brand new 2022 Porsche for less than that. It was purchased by Zach Baggins, owner of the Las Vegas Museum called Zach Baggins, Haunted Museum, and he's definitely going with the curse narrative, saying, quote, To own the only known piece of what's probably the most famous cursed item in the world and be able to display it at the Haunted Museum for all to see is like striking gold as a collector of the macabre and haunted. So, if you want to see what we do have left of Little Bastard that isn't lost or stowed away in a private collection, at least for now, you can see it there. And is it cursed? I've already come clean with what I've thought. Again, the only verifiable incidents were a small fire that did next to no damage, and two accidents, one which was fatal, that happened in the same car race in 1956. Even today, crashes in car races are common, according to Dr. Diandra Leslie Pilecki, author of The Physics of NASCAR, The Science Behind Speed. Between 2014 and the first 23 NASCAR races of 2019, which looked at a total of 203 races, only 5.9% of races had no accidents. Most races had between two and three accidents, and the largest occurrence was 15, which happened at Darlington in 2015. 6.4% of races had nine or more accidents, and drivers were just as likely to have a race with nine or more accidents as they were to have a race with no accidents. Deaths are less common, thankfully, than accidents, but they do happen. 
28 NASCAR drivers have lost their lives since it began in 1948. You won't see Troy McHenry's name on that list, because although he died in a car race, neither he nor that race were a part of NASCAR. And these statistics are only for NASCAR, and don't even take into account races that are not sanctioned by NASCAR. So I don't think that a statistically probable occurrence and an innocuous fire mean Little Bastard is cursed. Although the Jedi thing is kind of weird. I'm sure I'll get some emails trying to convince me otherwise, and that's okay. Because cursed or not, it is a part of history and an iconic artifact from the life of one of Hollywood's most recognizable legends. James Dean was a cultural icon, though he only ever starred in three films. His tragic death propelled him into a superstardom he did not get to enjoy. But pieces of him still live on. We can still hear his voice, watch him on screen, and feel a connection nearly 70 years later with the young rebel from Indiana who told us before he rode into his final sunset, dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. Thank you so much for listening today. I certainly hope you enjoyed hearing about James Dean and the legend of Little Bastard. This was an exceptionally interesting and nostalgic one to research. It was also a difficult one to research. There is a lot of good information about James Dean and Little Bastard out there, but there's a lot more bad, unverifiable information, and it wasn't easy sifting through all of it. If there's something I missed that you know has been verified, and you can send me the source of that verified information, I would love to hear from you. Thank you for spending time with me today. Big shout out to my newest patron, Dwayne. Dwayne, you are the awesome sauce history podcasts are made of. I'll be back again, as always, in three weeks with more history for you. Until then, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can email me at historycashpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to help support the show, you can check out my Patreon page at patreon.com historycashpodcast and join a group of the most amazing patrons of all time. You can also make a one-time donation. You can access the link for that on the website under the support tab. That website is historycashpodcast.podbean.com. Stay safe, drive safe, stay smart, stay curious. And until we meet again, my dear friends, Go make some history.